Hey everyone, welcome in to a, another daily editorial here on the KE Report. We're chatting with Craig Hemke, founder and editor of TFMetalsReport.com. Now, Craig, as we always do, we'll touch on the gold market, but quite honestly, it's pretty boring for gold. Gold is this whole year just held above $2,000. It just keeps moving sideways and in a tighter and tighter range. Seems like the last few days it's been uh, like single digit dollar moves. Even if there is some weakness, it gets bought. If there's some strength, well, it gets sold to general a little bit. But again, gold just hanging out around $2,000. In your eyes, Craig, what's driving this and what could be a catalyst here that breaks it out of this, again, kind of boring trade, but there's nothing wrong with $2,000 gold for investors? Yeah, it's, it's as you said, it's kind of grinding sideways. It's been in a downtrend. It's actually, anybody can pull up a, like a daily chart and if you go back to that, the crazy shenanigans of December 3rd and 4th and start your trend line there and draw it downward, it connects like with four or five other highs. And gold is underneath that trend line. It's kind of going sideways here, kind of trying to run out the clock to get over to it and see what happens. You know, it's going to run into it if it goes sideways by about Wednesday of next week, maybe, which is, of course, the, the next FOMC meeting. It is in a very tight range. It fell below its 50-day moving average, I don't know, early last week, but it has since bounced, and it did so again today as we record this, from its 200-day moving average, and it's in this tight little range between the two, like it just doesn't know what the heck to do. Um, the key driver of price, and I, it's funny, I'm, you know, I watch this stuff every, this is my sole focus, so I feel qualified to say that I, I this is what's really driving price. Because I watch and I and I this is all I pay attention to, you know, most days, especially during COMEX hours, it might be the dollar index. If volume is light, like it often gets on a Friday or right before a holiday, it's just simply the dollar index. You know, the dollar ticks up, the machines see that gold ticks down, dollar ticks down, the machines see that gold ticks up. But it's not the dollar index. As we record this today, the dollar index down 60 cents, but gold's down. So what's going on? It's not the bond market. Bond market's flat. Why is gold down? Gold is moving during COMEX hours every single day based solely upon changes to the rate cut expectations for March. Nobody's expecting a rate cut, uh, and they shouldn't be expecting a rate cut at the conclusion of the FOMC meeting next week. Focus has always been on March. It's been on March since the FOMC in December. By the end of December, and this was foolhardy nonsense but the market was talking about as many as seven or eight rate cuts this year with the you know a 90 some odd percent certainty that it was going to begin in march and i, and I was telling people on my side I said, that's crazy i mean here we are at the end of december middle of march is you know 80 days away we don't know what the world's going to look like by then it's impossible to say so to say it's anything other than 50 50 is kind of nonsensical so gold has fallen this month as those rate cut expectations have fallen. And now here this week, that's the only thing driving price. That's why gold is down today, even though the dollar is down as well. This week alone, on Monday, rate cut expectations fell from a 50% likelihood down to 40% likelihood, and gold went down $8. On Tuesday, they went back up to a 47% likelihood that there's gonna be a rate cut in March, and gold went back up $8. And now today they're back down to 43%, and gold's back down five or six bucks. It's the only thing. Now, it doesn't, it's not during Asian hours or London hours so much, but man, on the COMEX, 
when the machines are in control and all the algorithms are doing their thing, it, that is the only thing they are watching at this point. It won't go on forever, but for now, that's what's driving price. Well, Craig, when you look at gold, even before this year started, you know, back before Thanksgiving yeah. in U.S., gold was up over 2,000. It's whipsawed around. You know, it was a couple of times it dipped slightly below it, but more or less, it's held the 2,000 line for, I don't know, three months now, let's say. And if people are getting used to that 2,000 level, so it's not really breaking down like the previous three times where it blasted up above 2,000 and then quickly corrected, but it's also not taking off like so many gold bugs hoped. And it seems like we're in this holding pattern. Is it all about the rate cuts? Is it all about the Fed? Or are there, you know, I know that geopolitics can give it little spins here and there, but is there any other macroeconomic factors that you think would get gold driving higher? Like what's going to propel it up to the 2200, 2400 level? Is it the rate cuts or is there something else you see on the horizon? It will be the Fed beginning rate cuts, shifting policy, and how that unfolds versus the other central banks and what they're doing, meaning the ECB and the Bank of Japan, the Bank of England, and the rest, because their currencies make up the dollar index. And the dollar is always compared to how they're doing. That's what the dollar index is. So if the Fed begins to cut and the U.S. economy is demonstrably slowing, and I, I think they're missing a lot of signs, I think it, it is, well, then that's going to be perceived as hey, the U.S. is cutting, but you know the ECB isn't ready to do that yet or whatever, and the dollar will fall versus the euro, and the euro is 57% of the dollar index. And so the dollar index will go down. The dollar index is up three points from the end of December as these rate cut expectations have softened, if you will. It's gone from 100.5 to 103.5. So that the dollar index then rolls over, starts going back down, breaks below 100, you know, maybe later this spring, early, you know, April, May, that sort of thing, then gold's going to catch a more sustained bid, as is silver. And then, you know, what we've been waiting for is that obvious breakout. For now, on the long-term charts, looks great, right? It's been in a range between 1,700 and 2,000 for three and a half years, but now it's holding up 2,000. So it's like it broke out, and now it's back down on top of that range, testing it for support. That's typically how these things work. Now, any surge, you know, to a 21 handle should generate a lot of that upside momentum that we've been waiting for. Well, Craig, today's an interesting day, too, where we see a lot of commodities higher. Even silver is having a great day. It's up almost 50 cents. It's almost over $23. But again, silver is kind of traded in a range as well. Copper is higher. Crude's oil higher. Even natural gas is higher. But gold's a little bit lower. I'm reading that a lot of this could just be also because of China continuing to struggle and their central bank being arguably one of the most dovish out there. So is there a China contagion factor here that could impact the U.S. or could trickle into gold outside of some of these other commodities? Yes, those are the two things impacting all those other commodities, including silver today. Uh, the China thing is kind of bubbling under the surface. Zero Hedge is covering it, but I'm not seeing much coverage anyplace else. And the Chinese stocks are falling rapidly. They're at four and five year lows, if memory serves me right. And the People's Bank of China is jawboning, trying to talk programs and, you know, trying to make it sound like they're standing guard to flood in a bunch of liquidity, but they haven't really done it yet. And they may. And the thinking is how that impacts commodities. There's a whole new rush of fiat in china you know that that you know, they're the number one i would think they are number one importer and user of all these main you know metals and commodities so hey there's more uh yuan chasing these goods so it should lead to higher prices and that's 
driving the commodities. Now, is it, you know, with the yuan pegged to the dollar, if that means a weaker yuan, then it's, you can make this connection to a weaker dollar, and now the dollar index is down 60 cents today. So connecting those two things together, yes, it should be bullish for the commodities in general, so the commodities catch a bid, but it's also related to this dollar index and the machines buying the futures contracts and all those things you mentioned because the dollar's down 60 cents today. And again, if gold was trading off of the dollar, the gold would be up 10, 12, 15 dollars today, but it's not. Gold is trading primarily right now, at least for now, off of these rate cut expectations. And and uh, you can follow the CME has a website where you can follow the changes to this stuff intraday. And um, I found it just by looking it up on Google. I'd encourage everybody that's following gold really, really closely to to uh, find that site and save it to your favorites. Well, Craig, let's dig in a little bit more to the lesser precious metal, silver. Obviously, it does have that industrial component like the commodity sector, so it's tracking closer to copper today. But you follow silver a lot closer than a lot of our guests, and you're always looking at different things like the COT data or some of the different nuances in the silver markets. How are you seeing it set up currently? This has been something I've been watching really closely this week. Today, notwithstanding, right, because we've had this rally. Yesterday was a commitment of traders survey day, Tuesday. And it's we're going to get some very positive changes in this week's survey because as silver was falling during the five-day reporting week, open interest has been soaring. And whenever you see that, now again, I can't say this 100% of the time, but 90% of the time, when open interest is going up but prices going down, that is hedge funds, speculators, institutions, whatever, getting short. It's the opposite of what we see when price goes up, where price is rallying and open interest is going up and the specs are getting long and the banks are getting short. This is the opposite. Price is going down, specs are getting short, banks are getting long. And you'll see that reflected on Friday in the Commitment of Traders Report. Now, as of last week, the hedge funds in silver had gone from about 26,000 net long down to 6,000 over the last three or four weeks. My suspicion is when you get that COT report on Friday, the hedge funds will now be net short. Not much, but a little bit. And the banks will be net long for the first time since, I don't know, when the last time, uh, October maybe. Now, they're not going to be as net short and net long as they've been uh, right before previous short squeezes that we saw multiple of those last year. But they're going to be getting close. And so I think... Silver probably has seen its floor. It got down to 2204 back on Monday. 22 is, first of all, really strong support and has been. I mean, that's the bottom end of the range for the last three and a half years. But also tomorrow, I'll remind everybody, is COMEX option expiration day. At the COMEX close on Thursday, options for February will price and settle. Now, it's not a front month for silver, so there's not a whole lot of volume for silver. However, at least as of yesterday, at the $22 strike price, there were like 45 calls that were open total, but there were like 960 puts. So <laughs> there is no way that I said this when we were at 2230 or whatever yesterday. I was like, there's no way silver's closing below 22 on Thursday. And now, you know, with the dollar rally and everything else, they're 2290. I think 22 is about as low as we're going to go. And again, with the cop positioning moving in our favor, we're setting up for a nice short squeeze again, maybe a couple of bucks. Now, it doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things, but if you're stacking metal, that save you $2 an ounce if you buy some now rather than a month from now. And hey, if you're a trader, you can profit from that. So I, I think silver's gone about as low as it's going to go for now. 
Craig, what about total positioning size in the COT? If we go back five, ten years, when silver was stuck in the teens for that really five, five and a half year period, and now silver has really, again, kind of consolidated above the teens. It's been in the 20s, except for that washout in 2022. Have we seen generally more interest? Is there less interest? How do the total numbers in the COT reports correlate to when silver was in the teens? I have that data. I could pull it up while we're talking, but I I can kind of tell you by heart. You know, even back when silver was soaring back in 2010 and 2011, the open interest was generally 150, 160,000 contracts. There have been times since, especially uh, in 18, 19, and 20 before COVID, uh, we had our all-time high open interest of like 245,000 contracts. And then a lot of time it has spent 180,000 to 200,000 with, yeah, you know, the large specs, maybe net long 60,000, 65, 70,000 contracts rather than the flat that I think they are now. And total open interest now is back down basically to what it was when the market was just dead back in 14 and 15, uh, maybe even in 2012 after MF Global. We're sitting here at 100 and 38,000. We've been as low as 130 recently. And that's like, like I said, I mean, that's 50% lower than what you'd see when at least there's some life to silver and people are interested in it and wanting to trade it one way on one side or the other. There's just nobody cares. Nobody's paying attention. That's why it's the dominion of the high frequency trading machines. I mean, again, silver's up today strongly. Why? Because the dollar's down 60 cents. And that's just the machines just flopping it back and forth um so yeah it's it's very quiet and that's all part of what can drive silver higher once it does break out is there's all kinds of room if you want to call it that for 50 60 thousand new contracts of long buying interest to come in from speculators and hedge funds and that would drive price higher but again certainly hasn't happened yet (laughs) it's very quiet for the time being Well, Craig, like we've discussed a number of times in the past, there's a very tight correlation between silver and the GDX. Not so much today with silver up and a lot of the mining stocks down. But in general, if you look over a long period of time, and I think you included some charts in your macrocast that go back 16 years showing this tight correlation. I think it's like a 97% correlation. Is that fact that silver has been so muted bleeding over into the fact that the mining stocks have been so muted. And if you see that jump of, let's say, a couple bucks, let's say there is a short squeeze in silver, is that the juice we need to maybe have a tradable rally in the mining stocks? Absolutely. That's exactly right. And that's one of the ways, like I said earlier, if you want to try to profit from silver, you know, let's say it dips back down. I, you know, I think there's kind of a reason for it to maybe fall back down tomorrow. Maybe the dollar will rally back on the GDP data. And again, it's that option expiration day, and I can see a target being closer to 2250. And then as we get toward the Fed next week, maybe it's still down there, 2220, 25. And then you get the Fed, you get that removed, you get the jobs report on Friday the 2nd. And there's a $2 rally there. And that's one of the ways, you know, somebody that just likes to trade equity options can play it. They could buy, you know, calls or something on the GDX because if silver goes up 7, 8%, then you could imagine the GDX would probably go up, you know, 8, 9, 10%. Uh, because of that correlation. And again, this is all just computer driven. This isn't like, you know, hocus pocus or anything like that. You, I mean, it's just the way the markets operate in 2024. So yeah, there's definitely room for that. And if you're going to get, again, think about it. Gold is uh, what, uh, 10% higher than it's old all-time high, whatever you want to call it. 
but the GDX is half of what it was back in 2011. Well, what else is half of what it was in 2011? Silver, right? So if we get silver, and again, silver is going to go up if gold's going up. So you could say, well, you know, I mean, of course, gold's going up too. But you can get silver to break out above 30, you know, and eventually get to 35 and stuff like that. We're all three of us, going, and everybody listening to us, going to be really having some fun with our mining shares. But as long as silver, you know, just keeps doing this dance between 22 and 26, we're all just going to be pulling our hair out, you know, and getting more wrinkled and gray by the day. Oh, Craig, we were just at a couple conferences, and there were a lot of wrinkled and gray hairs out yeah. there. <laughs> uh, um, it's, today's just a weird day, though. Gold, for the most part, flat. Silver up, copper up, and the stocks down. Copper stocks are up, but the sell-off in the stocks, it's just a strange day today, which could very well be an anomaly. We will watch to see how the rest of this week ends, but boy, oh boy, just, again, kind of a strange day today, but a lot of news for us to always talk about, and oh, kind of more of the same, I guess, for a lot of the metals, too. Hey, Craig, thank you for your time today. We'll chat again next week. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Thanks, boys.